is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody as ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nair Club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed! And England win on penalties! History in itself! You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in NBA. But they do have some big old women. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, watch you take your pants off. Balls are hot. I understand. Come on, check it quickly, Reggie! Yes, Max. No one is in the fucking universe. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the Hello and welcome to episode 168 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, today joined by Tom Kennett, Alex Jones and Jack Harper, again via the magic of Skype. Quarantine rules are in effect. Alex, we've just started talking off air. You've not done your homework. No, I haven't. I, I, had my, I have my allotted time. I have my, I have my dedicated slot to do my pod prep and that was taken away from me and, and, and fairly and quite cruelly today. So... Um. But uh, what you found time to dye your hair blonde? Dye <laughs> <laughs> my hair blonde. What are you on about? Your Insta picture. You've got blonde hair. Your latest Instagram picture. What are you on about? <laughs> That's the lights. That's not you the lights. You captioned it. Blonde hair don't care. I actually look like hair. What? But hair looks Hashtag great in that photo. All right, the rest of you, load up Alex's Instagram because. No, it's I, I was in the same blonde. boat as you. It looks so blonde, and that's definitely. Spoke with someone else as well, and they asked, "Has Alex dyed his hair blonde?" Alex I mean, highlights after, Jones. After after the pods, after the look, I can I can happily send a, a photo into the group chat. It's still dark. I mean, right now I'll be honest. The only other alternative is it's grey. So yeah, it's not that dress, isn't it? This some people are going to see it as brown. I I found the time to search what it means when a male dyes their hair blonde and do my prep <laughs> and a full day's work. Uh, to be fair, to be fair, there's a, a Jones, uh, a member of the Jones family, has already been through that phase, and that was Ben. I'm not following that. I'm not following that trend. He's had his blonde phase. He he's saw always that. inspiring you. He's he's uh, he, he's seen that episode of How I Met Your Mother and uh, has thought, yeah, I'm going to dye my hair blonde. Is this a metaphorical blonde phase he had, or did he actually dye his hair blonde? He dyed his hair blonde. I, That's I just, all right. I just sent you a photo in the group chat. You see, my hair is still brown. Yes, yeah, an old picture. <laughs> it's got my headphones in recording right now. <laughs> oh, so you only have your headphones in when you're recording the podcast? <laughs> well, these headphones, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll confirm it for you. I can confirm. Take either a picture with today's paper or. <laughs> A there cucumber in your Try mouth. Try how, how how's about that confirming it for you? Take one with today's paper. Uh, I haven't got. Who <laughs> gets a newspaper? Put uh, a cucumber in your mouth and take a picture. He's got an archive of those. That's unfortunate. 
Is Harper still here or have we lost him? No, still here. Sorry. Just letting you whittle on. I'm, I'm no, trying, your... The reason why I'm doing this is because I'm trying to find a midfielder beginning with H because I've got my whole team. <laughs> but I've had to drop someone, a winger, into midfield to make it work. So, yeah, that's one quiet. <laughs> Where did Horidison play? Is that his name? Horidison? Yeah. Yeah, but that's not... We want to create the best team. Not He's also a defender. You've got Henderson. Oh, so I said, where does he play? Uh, midfield. Jack's actually doing his homework in class. Bank on the teacher. It's the last one. It's the last one. I'll tell you what. He didn't, he, he, he didn't tell me he was doing it beforehand, though. So he could have lied and got away with it rather than Alex lying and already just disrupting the flow of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I've got, I've got a bit of a mixture of an intro today. Um some news has happened, but there's only so much Corona news that I can really bring each week. So I'll roll with what we got. Mm. Conservative pastor who refused to close church amid coronavirus pandemic suggests God will help while multiplying toilet rolls. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I feel like that is pretty tamed, probably compared with what's going on in America. Uh, like you see, we all saw that TV series that followed that one church, the Baptist church or whatever it was. Imagine trying to shut them down. Well, they might be now the coronavirus is on. Not when double, Donald Trump's saying that we want he wants all the churches to be packed on Easter Sunday. Right. Like, He's just—he like, come, comes out and just says whatever comes into his mind. Never held accountable. What I admire with Trump is he doesn't try to hide that he is in it for his own benefit. <laughs> him saying, him saying, and I'd like to make it clear now: they should not delay the NFL season for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and he came out and said. During the middle of the pandemic, when he's given the numbers of the dead, but I was trending as number one on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. like and he that. wasn't even number one on Facebook. Yeah, I know. So, oh, God, the bloke. And, and like his speech got like the highest rated like views or something. <laughs> like he's, look, I beat all the other sitcoms. So I'm winning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Man. if you're going to have a ridiculous person in charge, as both of our countries know, I would rather the more ridiculous one. You gotta double down, go all in. Yeah, I don't know because it's t- it's times like this where, you, although everyone says Boris Johnson's an idiot, he's not. He, like Troy has said in the past, you don't get a scholarship to Eton for being stupid. He's dangerously smart, but you need smart people in these types of things. Whereas Trump is just dangerously stupid. Like <laughs> he is just so thick that <laughs> he's spouting off about Facebook ratings in the middle of a pandemic. Or is that what he wants everybody to think? I, I just what? think, no, I just think Maybe. he's sick. There's <laughs> like, there isn't enough words in his vocabulary to be able to mask the fact that he's not as thick as he's pretending to be, if you see what I mean. Like, he's so stupid, none of his speeches make sense. It's, you have to try and decipher what he try, what you, the message he's trying to get across through his speech where he just repeats the word very all the time. If they say sarcasm is the lowest form of wit, <laughs> they obviously haven't seen Donald Trump impressions because there are a few things less funny 
than the same impression of Donald Trump a thousand times. Every comedian attempts to do it. Now TikTok is about all these people are uploading these as well. <laughs> don't don't you find as well with TikTok that like we came from the golden generation of vines, and all the vines were like gold. Whereas yeah. you struggle to find a really funny TikTok. Like LeBron James. Yeah, exactly. You just find <laughs> some really obscure ones. Whereas TikTok's just everyone doing exactly the same thing. The Kyrie was saying he's laughing, saying, Man, I'm dead, kills me every time <laughs> with the little <laughs> him acting being dead. Yeah. All right, we've got. A Washington State man was arrested Sunday following a high-speed chase on Interstate 5 in which the suspect's pet pit bull may have been driving the vehicle during part of the incident. <laughs> That's a well-trained dog right there. When he was pulled over, he said he was teaching the dog to drive. <laughs> Brilliant. It's still a better excuse than John Jones was able to come up with. <laughs> yeah. Person dresses as Bush to sneak out during the coronavirus lockdown. I saw that's, a video of this. Yeah, that's just clever. <laughs> Same as the one who dresses in, a, in a, like a bin bike, pretending they were just some bin bike <laughs> sneaking down the road. <laughs> Belarus president believes vodka and saunas will cure coronavirus. See, I've seen this one. He's refused to cancel his like the football season. He's cancelling no events. It's all going ahead. So if anyone's getting the craving for football, the Belarusian league seems the place to watch. <laughs> I saw that they asked that um, like African leader how he's managed to keep Corona tests down to zero in his uh, part, and he said, uh, "Well, they don't have any tests." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Be> the system. <laughs> With people staying inside because of coronavirus, goats take over empty streets of seaside town. We've got our next human versus animals war, haven't we? I this was saw in it. England as well. No, it's Wales. I saw it, and I was thinking, oh, okay. the it's just if people drive through the mats and lanes, you see the mats and sheep. It's just a a normal av- everyday life in Gloucester. It's like, oh, am I, am I going to make it on time? Are the sheep going to be there? <laughs> it's a general way of life. So maybe I'm desensitised to this goat thing. I was just thinking, yeah, it's normal. <laughs> Two married men fight to death with machetes over a woman. <laughs> the fact they're both married as well <laughs> suggests that they both have separate wives. Or they're, or they're married together. Maybe, maybe the woman's trying to both turn straight for the same woman. And like, yeah. Fuck this, we're out. Yeah, exactly. This Throwing is like down. the alternate reality to same girl. Yeah. <laughs> R. Kelly and I mean, Asher fighting yeah. to the death. I mean, what R. Kelly was actually singing about could be a horrible, horrible reality. So we're going to have to make an alternative. Yeah. Who yeah, would your money be on if them two scrapped? I would always say R. Kelly, Kelly, but... Yeah, I've seen him cry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, now you've seen that, you think... Yeah. Sure no. Usher quite... Quite was publicly split, spreading around the clap, though, and his, like, fame didn't dwindle at all. Yeah. He's, still ju- he's still just the same in the public eye. As a, like, yeah, a nice I guy. Think, I think he's got uh, a dog in this to him. He'll keep going, where R. Kelly might jack it in. Yeah, he's got the quit in him. Like Victor exactly. Ortiz. He's, got, he's got a lot of quiz <laughs> Florida man downloaded child porn as a boredom killer, deputies say. <laughs> There's your alibi, Alex. 
And finally, <laughs> go on. No, that's time to do his homework when he's in prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> High-risk man attempts unsuccessfully to set wife on fire when he believes she has COVID-19. Unsuccessfully. <laughs> I've just got this image of him like striking matches and them going out. He's nice to cover in petrol, but he can't light the match. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so is that, is that actually a crime of just pouring petrol on someone? So if he can't actually light the flames, can he still be done for attempted murder? Okay, so well, it, it, it doesn't like it's endangering them still. Yeah. I mean, well, I think the sucks. intent would still be there. It, it, you, as we saw with Tiger King, you can get in trouble for hiring someone else to kill someone. I suppose this is <laughs> kind of like the red card scenario where if there's intent shown and there's no contact, you still get the red card. It's, <laughs> it's essentially the real life version. I hate that. that. He's gone in studs up. So he's missed if, it completely, but he's gone in studs up. So if you said you hate that, surely you wouldn't want someone dousing someone in petrol and not lighting them on fire not to be a crime. Gotta double down on this one. Oh, I suppose, yeah. Well, there we go. You're well, the okay next with... time we're saying something isn't a foul, then I'll expect you to keep the same energy for goalkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> I've got now a game-changing intro for us, and this is kind of a spin-off to uh, I Can't Believe That Was On TV. And I can't claim it was my own work. I'm paraphrasing someone else's, but if they want to go and read the article, then it's up there for them to see. So, so this is... An exhaustive analysis of 300 winning dishes on Come Dine With Me. <laughs> Jeez. This is, then, this is what Corona has driven us to. Well, start <laughs> thinking now, because I'm going to ask you at the end what your menu would be. Oh, God. Oh, okay. All right, all right. So, begin with the starters, and this is going to fry your brain from the start. The most commonly winning starter was smoked trout pate. I'm not, I'm not having that. Where are these stats from? Oh, fuck. This is from 2006 to 2011, I believe it was. Jesus. I thought you were going to say the soup at first. No, because this, this woman who wrote the article, she wrote to uh, Channel 4 and asked if they could just send her like a document with all the winning menus on. And they, okay. despite it being on TV said that they can't do that because of copyright laws and protecting people's identity and all of this, which makes no sense. So she actually did have to go through and watch all of these oh episodes God. Oh and God. take notes. So this is in more detail than you'd expect. See, so she says, oh, sorry. No, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to try and predict the main meal. Cause wait, we'll get there. Okay, fine. Come so back to me. They say if this wasn't shocking enough, only one winner made asparagus wrapped in pancetta, which is a dish that seems to crop up in every episode. Second most wow. popular starter was a tapas selection, while stuffed peppers and uh, stuffed mushrooms came joint third. Mm, I would have got right. mushrooms, definitely. They have a genre breakdown for each one, so you're really getting all the details here. <laughs> soup is by far the most popular dish. 18 out of 100 so winning starters were soup. Yeah. yeah. While only 10 were different types of pate. And uh, the wildcard starters that only appeared once, uh, pizza as a starter, wow. fresh grapefruit, and battered zebra. Battered zebra? 
Spotted zebra. <laughs> That's class. So, Jack, if you want to predict the main dish, I don't think <coughs> it's not like smoked trout pate, so it shouldn't be too difficult. See, I'm going to go Beef Wellington because every time it, I watch an episode, <laughs> Beef Wellington is always on the menu. It's uh, a fillet of beef, so. Oh, so close. Beef Wellington is always held kitchen no. where they can yeah. never do it right. Yeah, that, I think that's why it must stick in my mind because I always see it. My gripe with this is when vegetarians go on there and complain about like the lack of different meal that they've got. Like, oh, tofu again, is it? Or corn. There's only so much you can do with corn. Yeah, exactly. It's like no one... And then when they cook, just veg on their night. Yeah, that's what I was going to go with that. No chance. I thought that was like a weekly thing with that at one point, where I thought it was just every episode you had to have the veggie on there. I thought it was just a staple part of the show. One asshole male, one vegetarian woman who's easily offended, watch him go up in arms. I watched earlier for um, research purposes the uh, (laughs) latest Gloucestershire episode and the collection of people you've got there, you've got a bloke who's like the proper posh countryside Cheltenham who (laughs) wants them to do wine tasting and all of this on his night. Big fat butch bloke who wants who this is the same bloke who uh, kind of talks down to everyone says they're not sophisticated enough tries talking to them about etiquette Standard. on the opposite side you've got she's not from Gloucester but if you can picture like a Gloucester bird this is her <laughs> yeah she's talking about getting the grub down you haven't got any cans have you <laughs> all of this they've got like a proper like the like Goths that have grown up that you see walking around Cheltenham or Gloucester. <laughs> so the it's ones like, that don't graduate school, they go straight to CES. Well, no, so she, so she was a hairdresser, but she was like, so she was like well groomed, but still like bright pink hair and all yeah. of this business. So Jesus. you'll see, you'll see. Um, the the other bloke was kind of like a normal-ish rugby playing lad, so. Make it out what you will. They try ne- the two blokes try necking each other, so they were definitely both rugby lads. Fuck's sake. Wow. <laughs> so there you go, I've sold it for you. So fillet of beef uh tied in first with baked salmon. Okay. They say the nation redeemed itself with steak as the third most popular dish. Yes. Sea bass and chicken curry are tied for fourth place. Uh 20 out of 100 mains featured beef, 16 included chicken, 10 were lamb-based, and only 7 were made using pork. Mm-hmm. And then on to desserts. Most popular specific dish was tiramisu. But if you count any flavour of ice cream or sorbet together, then frozen stuff is 11 out of 100 dishes. So Sheesh. there's that taken care of. Chocolate steals the show, making 20 of 100 victorious dishes there. Anyway... What would your menu be? Alex, I can see you fancy yourself as somewhat of a cook. You've been quiet so far since you've tried claiming your hair isn't blonde. What's your <laughs> well, menu? Give us your starter. Oh, well, I'd probably go for a bit of, uh, bit of pancetta to start with, a bit of bread. That's a nice way to start off and you can you know, dress it how you want. Snidey comments about you. They've been making <laughs> snidey comments. It's either that or it's either that a bit of onion soup. 
Oh, Christ. <laughs> no, I kid you not. I kid you not. I was on, um, uh, I was out for uh, a meal with a few friends and uh, there's that always that one person in the group that makes a panic decision after not making, like looking through the menu and deciding fast enough. And How his you find the time for that? His automatic default, <laughs> his automatic default choice for a starter when pressured by the table to make a decision on what he wanted, it was just onion soup. And it was, it, it was a, it was a dodgy restaurant in Spain. Where had you gone it, to eat? Oh, Spain. Oh. Training camp tail. Training camp tail. Oh, do you remember that time when that guy had the onion soup? <laughs> 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 but it was just the, it was just the moment of it. It was kind of like of all the things probably to stay away from in a restaurant like that is probably the soups, and he just went to yeah onion soup, like just panicked. So. Jack, uh, Jack, what are you making? So as a food purist, I'm not on the <laughs> I like I like no messing around. We're gonna have nachos to start. A, a utility a utility food. Everyone loves it. What Bit toppings of have we got? We've got guacamole, we've got jalapenos, we've got salsa, we've got sour cream, and of course we've got cheese. Right, if your night's first, I could be out a night too. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the first, that uh, stack of nachos was the first dish. Uh, the When I've been to America, that was the first time that I realised what their portion size was like, and we had that as a starter between the five of us as a family, and that wrote our mains off. It was that was the stomach stretching moment that did you see their portion sizes? Yeah. <laughs> TK, what are you uh, serving up for us? I actually don't know what I'll do for a start, you know. I'll be in all sorts of trouble for a starter. You'd I'll give d- us uh, scallops, which I've never had and but everyone seems to make on a dining show. To be fair, I, it would make you look pretty good if you could pull that off. Because they are a bit posh, aren't they? <laughs> Or maybe they'll give you yeah. a little prawn cocktail or something. Oh, all right. okay. I could get on board with it. I don't really like prawns, but... Wine and dine, yeah. Exactly. Um, and I think I'll be the guy who... Uh, everyone slates the meal for being <laughs> not dinner party food, but they all <laughs> secretly enjoy it. So you'll have some fried chicken, I think, for uh, the starter. <laughs> what a dream. Boneless. Ooh. Don't want to be eaten off the bone. That'll be my way of saying that this is dinner party food here. Yeah, you don't want you don't want some bird eating it off the bone and get it all down the you? No. You believe we've lost Harper. Oh no, what what's happened? Is he gone? He didn't uh charge it, so now we're gonna probably get a bit of echo from him. He's done the equivalent of leaving the room and coming back into the <laughs> I have. I am back. I'm very sorry. We'll say he was letting the cat out or something. <laughs> Have you got headphones or not? Uh, no headphones, but can you hear me all right? Yeah, I'm thinking more of the echo, so hopefully can you hear it's the not echo? too loud. I can't. I don't know if anyone else can. Sounds all right to me. All right, cool. All right. I'll let you know if we if we do. Sure. But, yeah, so for my starter, you're getting some uh, boneless fried chicken. I might do the Doritos one. I did quite like doing that, and I felt quite professional. Some chili heatwave Doritos as they're breaded. Sheesh. Just make sure it's not pink in the middle. Are you running while doing this, Jack? What are you doing here? <laughs> running? What do you know what's going on? It's like you're going down a slope or something. He's rearranging his Someone's room. moving around. 
um, on to the main course then. Alex, uh, what are you serving up? Go-to is just a pizza. And we're going... Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and we're we're not we're not holding back. We're going stuffed, a bit of stuffed crust. Uh, we're going, but we're going thin, thin base, um, and we're going. We're going to lather some uh, some uh, caramelized onions on there, a uh, bit of Italian sausage and chorizo, all that sort of stuff. We're going heavy. It's a heavy pizza on a thin base. How are Tear you expecting us to eat it? Pair and share. It's what meals are about: bringing people together. You know, winning people over uh, the table, sharing with you strangers. Yeah. I'd vote you down for that. Mm. Especially in these Corona times, you can't be having that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe this will be the future of our podcasts. Uh, after this is over, it's a come down with me. So whoever has to <laughs> serve us up food before we uh, do the podcast, <laughs> or we just see. do the pod. We just, I'll get one of them little snowball mics you can just put in the middle. Well, I don't know if any of you are noisy eaters. I like to uh, get around AJ, so when he leaves the room, we can uh, go snoop around his house. <laughs> well, I can dye my hair and look like Mustafi. <laughs> you need to let this hair dye thing go. I've exposed the truth, so it, <laughs> and it's still dark. So, well, four people think you have blonde hair. Yeah, it's, you, I got you're saying otherwise. To say it wasn't. Yeah, but we don't know how recent that was. I can send another photo if you want. Is it with a um, something? I don't know. The thing is, uh, he was obviously happy with that picture that he put on Instagram. So that's ours move. Yep. He's thinking about this at the very least. He's thinking maybe I'll stick some highlights in there. Felt cute, might do. <laughs> All right, well, what we had to do for someone previously uh, to prove, go and get in the freezer and take a picture of yourself <laughs> in the freezer. <laughs> That actually did happen, so you can't. You could, you, that'd be helpful. How big is your bloody freezer? Yeah, this was like one of those. This was I like was in a big time. freezer. <laughs> are you one of these, are you, you were one of these hoarders, weren't you? Buying all of that meat, freezing it up, everything you could get from the supermarket, hoarding it up. No, if it, if it can't be done in about twenty-five minutes, I'm not interested. Because <laughs> there's been a toad in the hole in the freezer, staring at me for a while, but I can't hack that forty-five minute cook time. Toadinho is decent as well. Yeah, that's worth the wait. Weird, I do quite like it with the hash browns. Oh Jesus, uh, Jack, what are you serving up? Uh, I'm going for a beef and Guinness pie. It's interesting. Yeah, it's one of the favourites, and it, I guess as well, we're going down the purest route of proper <laughs> English food. I mean, the last one obviously was Mexican. So we, yeah, but we had a Mexican starter. Yeah, and it complements <laughs> we... it, and it complements <laughs> it well. We got an Irish fucking. You, you, you know, you know that. You know the English people love to make other people's food their own, and this is exactly what I'm doing. No, Those Aldo fun. Paso fajita kits. Mexican food is practically English now, just like just I'll, like curry. That's English. I'll tell you, I'll in, I'll enjoy the meal, no doubt, but the aftertaste of guacamole mixed with your beef and Guinness pie is well, going to be interesting. Well, you haven't tried it yet. You could see. You've got to try it first. The proof is in the pudding or in the Jack's, pie. Jack's not going to be last for Byron or else he's going to be <laughs> such a right <laughs> uh, TK, what are you serving up? Uh, to be fair, I'll probably give you a bit of steak, a peppercorn sauce, I'm thinking. Are you going to make me feel uncomfortable as a guest when I say I want it well done? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to give you the, uh, the sauce. 
that sort of despicable sort of look. That's, that's and I know you'll have it as it cooks a sort of job, and you'll have it nice and pink, I'm afraid, sir. <laughs> Let's ask if I can have some mayo for it. <laughs> it comes out swimming in blood. Oh, no, I can't hack that. I can hack it more rare as long as it's not swimming in blood. Just I would prefer it to be well done with an egg on top. No egg with this, I'm afraid. Oh, Only good. Under- pepper sauce. No, no. That doesn't Don't sound good. Sauce is mixing. I'll dish you a burger. We're, we're going all in. Fried chicken and a burger. <laughs> you just got just eat on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I watched an episode once and um, this guy didn't reveal that he was a chef and he revealed it um, after his night had happened. And there were, there was such outrage from these other competitors for the grand that they actually demanded that they be able to rescore him knowing what they know after. And they oh, all gave wow. him a one. They all gave him a one because they said it was a <laughs> disgrace that he didn't tell them beforehand. Amazing. Oh, wow. That is pretty bad though. But he said after, so he's like, good. I work in a restaurant. He's like, I'm not the chef. He's like, I just work in a restaurant. Oh, right. They, but they didn't really hear him out. So he had, yeah. like, he knew what went on, but he wasn't the, like, head chef. Like an experienced chef, really, yeah. They all gave him a one anyway. He took it on the <laughs> oh chin, though. But the last <laughs> night, none of, them, none of them really chatted to him. It was the deceit that got to them. They didn't like it. I, I do love it when... Uh, People clash at the dinner table on there. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? I think I might have shown you it before. I think it might have been you came around on a Saturday and I happened to be my Saturday night before you came over was watching Come Down to Me. <laughs> and some, some, some bloke, they were talking about pet hates and he was like, I'll tell you what, big old bloaters wearing leggings. <laughs> and they were all outraged. There's always some just overly offensive bloke on there. It's so, it's so good. One that they always hate. Onto the pudding, AJ. We're going to judge you here because you like to think of yourself as a bit of a berserk kind of guy. I'm going to go straight in there with a, a crowd pleaser, and that is uh, sticky toffee pudding. A choice of choice of ice cream or custard. Homemade ice cream. Yeah, yeah, and homemade ice cream, hundred percent. Did you get marked out for that? Yeah, definitely homemade. It's been it has been homemade in this house before, not by myself, but I mean it means I know the <laughs> recipes here. The recipe put milk and cream in the freezer. <laughs> yeah, but not Jack. if you want just not if you just want a bit of finesse as well, though. Maybe you want a bit of honeycomb involved. Maybe Ooh. you want uh, just a bit of extra chocolate. So you serve up mint choc chip, you're getting a one. <laughs> wow, that is blasphemous. Mint chocolate oh. is d- If I want, you may as well call it toothpaste ice cream. Jesus. I don't like chunks in my ice cream. When I have a McFlurry, I have a plain McFlurry. That's just outrageous. My favourite ice cream, Hagen dazs vanilla. Vanilla? You, you yeah, vanilla. You've all this stuff so about mint choc chip and you've gone vanilla. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like crunches in there. What about when a friend of ours left his, uh, what was it, like banana and <laughs> cookie fucking ice cream or something around yours and you sh- took a video of that, you eating the whole thing? That, that, that tasted better because it was his. 
<laughs> Although I will say that was actually quite nice. It had these little like um, Banoffee dinosaurs in there. I knew there was something to it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was actually really nice. That wasn't ice cream you were eating. That was forbidden fruit. <laughs> I saw and I know there's a lot of stuff been going around because people are convinced that a bat <laughs> so one one Chinese bloke eating a bat is what's caused the entire coronavirus. <laughs> Saw someone tweeting like they were proper edgy, saying, "If only Adam and Eve were Chinese, they'd have eaten the snake." <laughs> <laughs> like it was like a proper like deep like my haters or my motivators kind of status. <laughs> like they like I've got some here. Like it wasn't supposed to be a comedy tweet. It was genuinely supposed <laughs> to be a yeah. fuck's sake. All right, let's get this finished then. Jack, what's your dessert? I'm going banana split. Simple, easy. This really, this menu is all over this shop. <laughs> Give people what they want. They want a bit of variety. <laughs> they want to eat the same thing every day. Yeah, this is like um, when you open a present on Christmas and it's not something that was on your list. So you're pleasantly <laughs> surprised by it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, I'm, I'm giving you a nice uh, wholesome trifle, so... You've got that to look forward to. Nice palate cleanser to end the meal. I did know that you were a trifle man as well. Yeah. The chocolate one from uh, the co-op is unbelievable. It's, it's but too much that's for me. a bit much for me in one sitting. Yeah, Mrs. got me got it the other day and it's just, just too much. I'm more of a strawberry trifle man. Yeah, agreed. A TK I finally? Could... I was going to go with a uh, trifle actually, but I did think you might. So maybe like a brownie or something. But having said that, <laughs> I'm certainly not going to be making any of this myself. So, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> Same. I would. I would love someone. Some woman opposite the. Uh, opposite, opposite you on the table. Saying, so was the trifle homemade, Luke? <laughs> so, <laughs> just sit, putting this co-op wrapper away. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it was. The word when they say that, and then they've got something that's taken no prep on their menu, and they're saying, "Was this phyllo pastry homemade this morning?" It's always the fucking pastry, isn't it? Did you make the pastry yourself? And then the person has a choice. When they lie, and then there's, the narrator's just like, did you? Did you really? <laughs> and then they say, how do you make it then? And they're like, uh. <laughs> I would rather someone order the takeaway so it's nicer, and then hopefully you can just figure it out. I'd respect so the mark, So mark them lower. In this case, you wouldn't be around to uh, receive the grand, even if you did get the money, though. You'd still be in the lead from Jacksonville. I saw one. The first three nights were curries. And the one night was three different curries. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah. Do you reckon the guy that was on the third night was thinking, I've been done so dirty here. I was going to have a great curry, and they've done that to me. I've watched it a couple of times where someone's not made it to the next night. <laughs> and I love that. Food complete. poison, obviously. Nice. Right. They fucking hate everyone's company. We'll carry on. Um, I did enjoy reading that article earlier, so shout out to the woman that wrote it. I would name you, but I don't have it here, so if you're listening, <laughs> pat yourself on the back. Anyway, it's one of them podcasts today, so we're all hip and into fashion. So footballers and fashion is the next topic. The equivalent to Wenger in his coat, something where you see and you immediately associate that with a footballer, a manager, something in particular. So who's up next? Who's got one for me? 
I think Pep Guardiola with a weird cardigan. Doesn't matter. Oh. He just seems to have a new one every year, doesn't he? Don't mean to lower the tone. His his mum died today from corona. She didn't die from a cardigan, though, did she? No. Although, why not have caught it? (laughs) Carry on. Um, Uh, Alex, that's nasty. Um, (laughs) Nazarene is snood. The snood took over briefly until they had to ban it. Why did they they ban it as well? It was a risk because uh, if you somehow got the snood caught, it could have been a like a choking or a, like a damage to the throat. You know, someone's foot wasn't up that high or they're not gripping you around the neck. If they are, you've got bigger risk at hand. <laughs> By this meaning, Johnny Heitzinger shouldn't have played after the World Cup final. <laughs> Because that did more damage than the snood. Anyone else got any footballing fashion pieces? Uh, well, you got the, um, of course, you got the waistcoat and uh, you got yeah. the gilet. Oh, the Sherwood gilet. The gilet. <laughs> the gilet. Where the waistcoat sold out during the World Cup. What a phase that was. <laughs> I mean, the waistcoat, the waistcoat has such power that it made Gareth Southgate appear a handsome man when he really, really isn't. No, and it was a very hot summer as well. So to wear a waistcoat was real <laughs> <Yeah>. commitment. <laughs> You're going to have to go to Bex with his sarong as well, isn't you? just for the splash that it made when he wore it. I mean, Bex really for just about anything that he wore or did during like a five-year spell. Yeah, that's true. He made Mohicans a thing. I remember getting a a Mohican shaved in. My brother's in as well. Oh, yeah. He could have really done anything. He could have got like swastikas on his head and kids would have copied it. He wasn't slated at the time for cornrows to meet Mandela. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you look back at it now and that that just wouldn't fly in this day and age, would it? It was cultural appropriation. I think just Although the, the sarong well. really would. Yeah, he yeah, got stiff. Yeah. And, yes, and his daughter. Ahead of his time. I, was like, I didn't see that as an issue until he kept doing it to make a point. He still needs to be doing this. <laughs> Do you know, they, he put a picture on Instagram of him kissing his daughter on the lips. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. how weird it was. And then like, every time it's her birthday, he'll post a picture like kissing her to prove a point. It's like, you don't need to do this. We, we get it. If he really wants to prove a point, he'll give it tongues. <laughs> this is a smutty pod this week. <laughs> um, Alex's hair's thrown us all off. <laughs> I, I think I've never associated a scarf with anyone quite like Roberto Mancini. He nailed that yeah. blue and white scarf when he was at City. Yeah. Alex Ferguson in a Debenhams coat. <laughs> Christ. I'm trying to think of, uh, that with uh, Beckham following on from that, that phase from probably about our year nine to eleven, twelve, that shy haircut that everyone had where it was like a Mohican, but it was like shade you you kept some hair on the sides. Shaved into like a triangle on the back, because sticking your hair up at the back was deemed like oh, yeah. a revolutionary thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Walking out looking like a stegosaurus. Yeah, literally. 
everyone had wet look gel as well, so it was just literally like plastic hair. <laughs> you boys shut at Brad Martin with this. You're really cheers. <laughs> I was thinking of some people at our school. There were some absolutely awful ones. Um, Justin Fashionu and Leather Chaps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. He's had this pattern for ages. You just know it. He's yeah, definitely. I was going to say, I was going to say, Sol Campbell, but I felt too bad. <laughs> so you thought you'd go for the guy that actually killed himself? Brilliant. <laughs> that seems so much Antonio better. Antonio Reyes in a uh, traffic cone. <laughs> for fuck's sake! That's not who there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, word. Oh, dear. Hang on. I I didn't know he was dead. I'll take it back. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean you didn't know he was dead? I said, said, hang on, because um, I was about to say, his Wikipedia doesn't say he's dead. And then I had place of death confirmed with place of birth. Oh Christ! <laughs> That's, that makes it even better. Is that is that why he killed himself or not? Uh, I, I think because of abuse over over that, I believe. You bad guy! <laughs> You're a bad man. Yeah, I do feel quite bad for that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the game we're in. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast game is just it's a ruthless place ride or die don't really know how to move on from that <laughs> yes yeah, segue into something else anyone got any, any other picks that aren't awful <laughs> I actually text TK earlier Spotify um, want us to submit something to be a trailer that won't make the trailer <laughs> <laughs> How quickly can something go from a trailer to being cancelled? <laughs> Adam Johnson in uh, schoolgirl outfit. For fuck's sake! He didn't kill himself because he was gay. Well, I didn't find he killed out himself because he was accused of rape. Yeah, yeah, wasn't that wasn't that based off the fact that at the time people were accusing him of it for because he was a gay man, a gay black man? They thought it was an easy target, was it not? I could it's be. Not, no. It's wrong, getting deeper. I believe that's what. Uh, I believe that was what the thing was. Was that he was being targeted? John Fashion, who came out, said he wasn't gay. It's not as fun when you have to explain it. So in an interview with TalkSport in 2012, John Fashionu claimed his brother was not gay and was merely an attention seeker. So that's yeah. nasty. So now yeah, this, you... is, this is turning into a smear campaign for a dead man now. Yeah. When your brother comes out and says that, it's probably not helpful, is it? Look, as, as horrible as it is, he can't currently defend himself. So I have to defend myself <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, say something worse. 
<laughs> that, this is your, that, that's your throne. About that onion soup. <laughs> Do we have any more fashion items before we move on? Had to, I should have Naz- just said Sol Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> Nazarene Doctor Scrubs. Oh Christ! <laughs> Legend Drip Doctor Fiasco. That was class. That yeah, that he's was brilliant. That was like a Twitter moment as well. That's that cemented in folk- folklore. Yeah, he's one of the few where I've tried forgiving them by like signing them a football manager, and then they just proved themselves to be exactly what I thought they were. Jacker did the same thing with Celtic. Celtic. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I'll probably insert this around here if I carry on before that sounds worse than it is. We did do a <laughs> did a competition. Uh, Jack didn't do it. He was obviously doing his notes for this podcast. Alex yes. did do this one, but this was extra credit. So you haven't uh, redeemed yourself here, Alex. So quiz was not the quiz the challenge was to make a team of 11 players plus one sub one player from each uh, international tournament from 96 to 2018 and then we sent them to uh fellow spitballing pod member brad dobbin to judge as it was his challenge they all had to be different nationalities as well didn't they yeah so you so, have one from the same country two from the same country so yeah good morning gents Thank you very much for the entries into this competition. Um, just for the listeners, just to give you a bit of context, the, the competition was to put to the guys together to put um, put together a team, one player from each tournament from 1996 through to 2018. Uh, the kicker being that they can only use one player from each nation. Uh, some really, really strong entries. Um, I've went backwards and forwards on this um, quite a few times. Had to do a little bit of research. Uh, the winner is Byron. Really strong team. Um, when I looked into it, you had six champions in the team, uh, more than any anyone else. Um, no real weaknesses throughout the team as well. Uh, used the used the picks quite wisely. Um, bit of a wild card in Saitaridis from Greece in Euro 2004, and that seemed to be the one that maybe clinched it for you. Um, left Ronaldo, the Portuguese Ronaldo, on the bench as well. Um, it just shows the strength in depth. So yeah, flip flopped a few times. Oh, Byron, Byron's finally a winner in life at something. Good job. Now that we've heard the judging decision, I'll give myself a pat on the back. Alex, you haven't actually reacted since this came out. Well, yeah, because I was too busy working, so I I, I missed it. So So do you know who won? No, I don't. Oh, wow. Oh, I won. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Well done. Give yourself a pat on the back. Um, Would you call TK, it scandalous? TK came yeah, second. Yeah, it is so. scandalous. Hey, I, I still sent the prize to TK. I didn't keep it for myself. Yeah, yeah, okay. What he was like, the prize? Uh, he hasn't received it yet. Do you want to know the prize now or do you want to wait? 
I, I kind of want to wait. I want to see yeah. what, what turns out. I've put notes you, in with it. You're going to read out the teams? Um, I'll probably tweet them out. And maybe I'll do a maybe I'll do a poll and people can say only because I don't know if it'll mean much just reading the teams out. Because I'll I'll be honest, I think there's been a few people suggesting about the judges with a fix. I don't I don't think that I just don't agree with the judges' decision. I just I just think he's got this one wrong. There's nothing wrong <laughs> with that. I think he's just got this one wrong. I, I, I don't that see... Byron team and I just I just didn't see it. Uh, my my partnership in the midfield should have won me that alone. I don't see how you can get past my midfield. Well, Alex, you had some issues. Partly the fact that you had a defensive midfielder who played at centre-back for the entire tournament. So that goes against you. Nah, nah it's all about that midfield. Yeah, and Samuel was what? part of it. Yeah, come on. Yeah, he's a defensive midfielder. You're for that disgrace. tournament, he played as a sweeper. Defensive midfielder. You couldn't... The, the thing was, it was the player from that tournament. No, you're changing the rules. You're changing no. the rules. No, that was always confirmed. Nah. <laughs> it was. Well, Nedved and Zidane, I had in the midfield. Yes, yeah, so I think several that, others had that as well. It. I had Zidane yeah. and Muller and Mascherano. I mean, that's just... I've got Xavi, Modric and Zidane. I mean, that's, that is just the best free midfield from that from that options we've just been given there. Yeah, I'd say so. I think I worked my other positions to be slightly sweeter. I I think you blocked you uh, you blinded Brad Dobbin with your Greek selection. Cetaridis, that's a great pick, isn't it? I'm, I'm not saying uh, Barosh and Thierry. Don't get me wrong; it, it does deserve credit, but I th- I think you've I, I blindsided have... him there. I had Ronaldo, Messi and Fat Ronaldo up front. Yeah, let's look at Messi's international career, hence why what, I think is, he only made your team. His performance in the World Cup where Argentina got to the final in South Africa, South America wasn't good enough for you. No. No, I'm, uh, I'm in agreement with AJ on that. I think if you're not for a, a shit-out Higuain in the final, I think we're talking about um, Messi dragging his team to the win. Exactly. Only because... When you history hasn't looked back on it favourably, which is unfair, but in the group games they won by one goal margins each time and he got the winner. And I think he assisted when they got a one goal win in the last sixteen and it kinda of carried on but that he basically won them the game until they got to that game and then Higuain decided to be Higuain. I don't really know why we tend to look at him as an international failure. I don't know if it's all on him. But Alex does also deserve extra um Extra criticism for calling him Fat Ronaldo. So, what can you do? Yeah, <laughs> that's the key distinction. Everybody uh, knows it. Original Ronaldo. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe R nine. I'd have gone with O two Ronaldo as well over ninety eight. Yeah, see, this. I, I think you're getting the better player with the ninety eight. I, I can look. I can obviously see the case with the two thousand two on with the with obviously the goals and uh, actually winning it. But I do think you got a better version in 98. The, the, the key ones were, the ones that were hardest, I thought, was uh, 08, which was a struggle. And then uh, 2014 and 2010 as well. I think the more recent ones are harder because 
you kind of get told who the best players are when you're watching it yourself and you think because I thought Iniesta had a better World Cup than Xavi on the year that they won it. Maybe that's just because he got the winning goal. But mm. Xavi's the one who gets all of the props. Well, for example, I put Xavi in my 2008 one because I think he was more important to how that team operated. Although I've always been... I've always thought I don't find it really... There's a debate between Iniesta and Xavi. I think Iniesta's quite clearly a better player all round. Um, but I think for that 2018, Xavi was the orchestrator. And if you remember... At that point, they tended to play more four four two, and Iniesta was actually shifted out wide. So him and David Silva played out wide, and Xavi and your boy Marco Senna were in the middle. Yeah. So in that particular yeah. tournament, for example, Xavi was the main guy, and I actually think that 2018 was the best Spain team of all that little run that they had. I think that was actually the best. We had Villa and Torres up front, kind of in their pomp. I think they played in a way that they actually played possession football, but also had a directness to them. Where I think later on as they kind of faffed around and just had as many number 10s as you could in the team. I don't think it was quite as good. TK and Troy both had Khan in goal. He made the mistake mm. in the final, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I that think was that... the only thing that made me hesitate. And yeah, I know. Worked. It was kind of the only thing that made me hesitate. But I've, my thinking with him was, he's the only one where I've kind of watched a goalkeeper in a tournament and thought, you are like a standout player. For, for example, if you have people like uh, Casillas having won it, um, you know, sort of other keepers like Lloris, Courtois, and stuff, they've all been, it's not like they've been bad in tournaments, but I think their country have had players that I've had to pick, so I couldn't pick them anyway. But also, I don't think they've really like stood up. They've been great goalkeepers, but they haven't sort of like stood up from the crowd. Khan, I remember watching that tournament thinking he is something else. He is unbelievable. Um, so I, I did kind of want to choose Michael Ballack in that tournament as well, but I feel like with my midfield, I couldn't really get him in. I think Ballack's a player that's only going to get better when people look back on him. I think there's too many good midfielders around the same time for him to get props. And going to Chelsea doesn't help you much either. For sure. People I feel like as well. I think it's because he didn't. He wasn't quite as good as he was prior, wasn't it? He was still, like you said, very good. I think it's one of those when you're in a midfield with Essien and Lampard, you're not going to stand out. Do you know what I mean? It's... He did kind of want to do some of the stuff Lampard did as well. You feel, don't you? Yeah, Where, exactly. Like you, never think, missed, you, you already had the goal squad midfielder. <clears throat> Alex, I just thought as well. Go on. I did feel potentially you said about the more recent tournaments. I felt. One, some of them didn't have that many sort of standout individuals in a way. When you look back historically, some had like tournaments that were clearly about one player. Uh, but I did also think we're potentially, and this is something I'm definitely guilty of, we have this thing where sort of the further back some it is, and the more nostalgia we have later with it, the better something becomes. So, for example, I do think Modric was class in that 2018 tournament. Now, he didn't deserve the Ballon d'Or by all means, but in that tournament, I thought he was unbelievably good. But then I looked at it and thought how great, I thought, in my mind, Balak was in 2002. In reality, probably both had similar sort of tournaments. But in my mind, because it was a little bit further ago, I thought, oh, Balak. And I had a sort of, maybe a romantic sort of idea of it, where in reality, when I've kind of gone to put my team together, I thought, no, I think Modric deserves to be in there. Mbappe is harshly treated by the 2018 pick purely because Zidane's there before. You can't not have Zidane in there, can you? It's basically the issue. Yeah, I was looking at it when I sent it to Brad. He did send me some more after. I was just trying to find what he said. 
like as you said, he said the Cetaridis pick clinched it. He said uh, Alex had Sammer in mid, but he played a sweeper. Didn't hold it against him. Uh, but it was a clever pick as he had five winners. Troy and TK, I originally thought had great picks, only had three winners in the team. My issue, the only thing with it is, for example, that um, I don't want to say his name, the Greek defender, because I keep saying it wrong. But for example, I, I, you had him in there in the same one I had uh, Ricardo Carvalho. Now, is there really any debate as to who the better <laughs> player is in that? And who no. had, uh, Carvalho had a shit old tournament as well. It wasn't They got to the final, they lost by all means, but that wasn't really his fault. So in, in which case, I do think potentially Brad's lent on the winner's medals maybe a bit too much. Obviously, that does play a part. But I do think potentially, for, for example, that we just said about Messi, 2014, if he wins it, we're all talking about how he's it's his tournament. It doesn't change the fact that he did still have a very good tournament, even though he didn't win. Did, did you have anyone else that nearly made the cut? Suka nearly made the cut for me for 96, and then I changed it. Yeah, I was... I was having a look at that as well, but then it's, it's so hard with the front line, isn't it? For example, I want, I kind of thought Forlan deserved to get in for 2010. Yeah. But by this point, I'd already had original Ronaldo in there. And I nearly had David Villa for 2012, I think. I think he could have got it any sort of that run that they had. I think, again, he was class 2008. I remember that. Um, I know Torres got the winner in the final, but Villa was the main guy up front, really. So... I probably we'll could have picked a, him as well. It's, it's tricky. We'll find another one of these to do for some of a challenge. Maybe a Premier League or champion, maybe Champions League one or something like that. Give uh, the chance for another prize to be won. But let's say you won't be disappointed by this prize. Two on the way. I'm excited. So if we carry on then. So we've got starting 11 with the surnames have to begin with the letter of your surname. So B for me, H for Jack, K for you, and would have been J for Alex. I can but... contribute. I can contribute. I've clawed it back. Nice year to contribute. That's yeah. what he's been doing when he's been quiet. I've got a start on 11. All right. Okay. Let's see how it goes. I bet he's got a genius in there. <laughs> <laughs> I you didn't say it's not going to be... Jones. <laughs> It's not going to be a. Uh, it's not going to be a. Top, <laughs> it's not going to be a top tier, Jay. Massive credit if he does have eleven Joneses. I've got Phil uh, Joneses in there. <laughs> All right. So shall I kick off with my team? We don't need too much of an explanation. We'll just run through the teams. So I've got a three-four-one-two. We've got cool. Buffon in goal. Laurent Blanc, Baresi, and Beckenbauer at the back. B was class, by the way. Yeah, going to say. I've got uh, Bale, Busquets, Beckham, and Best in my nice midfield Jesus. with Burkamp just sat in front of them, and then uh, Baggio and Batistuta up top. Unreal. That's yeah, B, B was uh, excellent. Who wants to go next? I'll go. So. <clears throat> I struggled at the back with H. Um, so in goal, I got Joe Hart, not bad. <laughs> I got Alan Hutton at right back. <laughs> fucking hell! How many? I, I, I the drop trying, off from Byron's here. I was trying to figure out what right backs, right, right backs have the name H. That's a good point. 
So I've got Alan Hutton and I've got Heitinger and I've got Sammy Hippier and then Lucas Hernandez at left back. Which what well, hell said? Was he a right back? I don't know. Mm. I don't know if he was. Anyway, go go on. So yeah, Lucas Hernandez. So it starts going up from there. I've then got a midfield three of Glenn Hoddle, Owen Hargreaves and Henderson. That is a Hoddle and Hargreaves. It's two blokes I want nowhere near me. <laughs> and then up front, I've got Hazard sitting behind the two strikers of Haaland and Omri. Sheesh. That's, it's a good, that's a good attacking team, man. Yeah. Gets better as it goes forward. Yeah, a bit suspect at the back. But... <laughs> Alan Hutter might let the lads down. <laughs> he might do. TK, what have you got? How was Kay? Right, so I really wanted to get Paddy Kenny in there, but I probably couldn't make a couldn't make a case for him over Oliver Kahn. <laughs> um, I had Kimmich right back, uh, Ronald Koeman and Vincent Company centre half. Left back, I was struggling a bit, partly because there's not a lot, but also because I couldn't get Alan Kennedy out of my head, which probably won't mean a lot to most people, but uh, former Liverpool player. Uh, got a Champions League winning goal plus a Champions League winning penalty so got to make a case for him in there I've got a midfield of Roy Keane Kaká and Tony Cruz oh nice nice and then up top I've got Harry Kane along with a couple of Germans Closer and Klinsmann honourable mentions to Harry Kuehl and Robbie Keane but uh, I've got three poachers up top yeah AJ what have you rustled together Um, right I've got to say Jay is bloody hard. I'll tell you now. I was really scraping the barrel here. So I thought I was going to use Kevin Kilban at one point in fairness, so I'm glad <laughs> things picked up for me. So I got King like Gladsey. I did have him in the Richard as well. So uh e- easiest one was goalkeeper, David James. Uh then you got then you got Glenn Johnson. Uh you got Jones. And Jagielka at the back. I didn't want to stick any other defenders in there. Um, then you got then you got Adam Johnson. <laughs> no morals in this team. Genius. <laughs> Jorginho, uh, Janizai. Shout out to Hernando's date. Um, and uh, I'm going to butcher the name of it, but I knew there was a Brazilian uh, a Brazilian football player. Uh, uh, he uh, and he. You're trying to say Jezinia? Yeah. Or did you say Joe? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then, I kid you not. I kid you not. Trying to like just off the top of your head now, because I only got one initially, and I was literally scratching around to find another striker for Jay. Try and name a striker, Jay. Jota. Joe. Jimenez. What? Andy Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just name five. All right. Luki Jovic. Yep. And Jorgensen, Nikolai Jorgensen, over in the Dutch league at the moment. Who was that Everton striker as well? Was it Jelan? Jelovic. Jelovic, that was it. Was that a J, though? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, we would have smashed the name game for Jay there, didn't we? We were straight off the cuff, all of us. Yeah. <laughs> I had to make that up time, the because that on. time is not going. But, yeah, yeah, when that when the just... lights aren't on, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And then finally for today, what is the best ever year in football? Oh. I assume you did your own work for this one, Alex. Ah, no, he told me you didn't. Mm-hmm. I assume mm-hmm. you did your homework for this one. Yeah, I didn't get any time for prep, but I can give you oh, an answer. Oh. <laughs> Go on. Off the top, what have you got? It's a difficult one, though. Like, the best time for football. Is it, like, is it the best time for you, or are you trying to judge when the best... Well, I did actually put this in uh, the plan. For the I told you. Face off. You did, you did get... specify. I'm just saying I did specify. So I went with 2008. You've got the United-Chelsea Champions League final, which was a banger. You've got the Liverpool-United title race until it wasn't. You've got Spain, who were sensational at the Euros. And you've got Real, who finished 18 points above Barca. And the following year, Pep comes in to change the game. To be fair, you're not far. I went 2009. You turned 2008 for that, wasn't it? Yeah, I had a bit of help as well. You had a bit of help. Yeah. Who, who was this with, external? Chatting with uh, Brad Dobbin. Oh, okay. Because I actually thought from the... Because you obviously said about skill, competition, entertainment, etc. Yeah. I thought if you're talking about sort of... Um, in terms of skill and quality, you've probably got that period in the night is where the defences were unbelievably good and that bred sort of attackers like original Ronaldo, etc. who whatever goals record they had was pretty incredible when you look at it. But I do think, obviously, with that, there was potential for it not to be quite as high on entertainment as this. And I thought yeah. by 2009, you had... The emphasis was more on the attack, but you still had some elite defenders in there. Messi and Ronaldo kind of came to the fore. Barca became probably the best team most people have seen. Yeah. Uh, only a year before that, United and Chelsea were battling out and the British teams were seen as the best. So it's not like there wasn't good competition across Europe at that point. Jose had just gone to Winter. Uh, Van Gaal had just gone to Bayern, so that started the Ribery and Robin era. So it was a kind of a good all-round sort of time for football at that point. Arsenal got to a Champions League semi in 08 as well, if we don't mention what happened after. <laughs> Jack, AJ, what have you got? Yeah, I, it was a toss-up for me because I think of my favourite year or what I think is the best year of sport is when I start getting into England properly, like early 2000s, looking at the 2002 World Cup. I just remember it being brilliant with that weird ball that apparently made the keepers feel ill. Um, (laughs) Chelsea were on the up to the point where we were pushing for Champions League kind of promotion. And you also had like the Invincibles, that Man United-Arsenal rivalry. So I think 2002 to 2003 would have been my favourite that, that did come into my mind around that sort of time. I did and think that World Cup, especially. I feel like I was waiting fo- for Jack to say 2012. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like the football was more kind of have at it back then. You didn't have that kind of tactical edge now, where Premier League teams have good enough defenders like your Burnleys to sit behind the ball and actually get a result. Whereas back then you had the lesser teams just going hell for leather trying to get a goal. Um, like if you look back and watch Premier League years between like the early 2000s to about 2005, you just have teams wide open all the time. Even Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal, their the chances would just come up. Whereas now, 
it's kind of just attack versus defence when it's the big teams against the smaller teams. And I feel for entertainment value, I think that was probably my favourite and what I think is the best. AJ? Oh, go on. Sorry. Building on that, I feel like after 2002 as well, almost became sort of like the Ronaldinho era as well, where you just had that period of, you're just watching, for example, him, but teams were doing the sort of growth of skillful players who would do things like step overs, etc. And like Jack said, less so about uh, the system and more about individuals. And And flair, yeah. So, yeah, certainly from an entertainment point of view, I think that was a good period. And you'd have, like, when when did Ronaldo come into the United team? That was around 2003-ish, wasn't it? Around yeah, that time? yeah, yeah. So, basically, again, you'd have a team, you'd stick a superstar in and they would go and win a game. They would do everything. Whereas now, it is, a star cannot fit a system and they can look awful because they don't it, fit a certain system. It's, it sounds stupid, game, but it's... Sorry, there's a reason FIFA Street banged around then. It sounds stupid, yeah. but there's, there's a reason that sort of blew up. It's like now, Ronaldo wouldn't have had half the space that he had back then to do his runs. And you mm. can see how his game's evolved with the times as well, whereas he's now a goal scorer where he knows where to be and he's just brilliant at it. Whereas back mm-hmm. then, he was running past four or five players, always scoring from about 40 yards for somehow and stuff like that. So yeah... I feel it's less about the system and more about just flair and entertainment. Fever Street slogan was it's not about how many you score, it's about how you score. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. AJ? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go with uh, Luke and go with the way. It, it's a bit weird because I was trying there's no it's it, it's it's interesting because when I'm going to it in my mind. I'm only thinking of like international moments that are the standout standout moments. And even though obviously there's been a lot of disappointment, I think it's just that camaraderie of watching it with you, watching it with you, like regardless of what site, what club team you support, you sort of get together for it, for, like the big moments. So automatically, my Myers goes to the tournament years. Um, and I do remember the hype and the drama of like just being a kid and suffering those defeats of life back in 08. Um, so yeah, I'll go, I'll go with 08. That, that was when I probably was looking at it all as a kid and sort of just looking at the, like you, you saw that some of those footballers is just like gods uh, and then you sort of grow up a bit and it doesn't like seem as, you, you know, what I'm trying to say is, you know, like, you know, you know, you know, it's like Christmas kid and, you like you you looked forward to it more when you were a kid. It's kind of like you you watch it more with like starred eyes back then. So you I, must have been know. a disappointed kid in the way we didn't qualify. <laughs> oh, not in the way, not you know. I was saying in that sort Christmas of, it, that, sort of that, that sort of site, that sort of like era around those sort of years and stuff. All of those tournament years, that sort of like I mean, as much as England getting into the uh, the semis most recently was a ma- like an amazing experience that was probably the only moment of that year but as a whole i just seem to watching england back sort of like 2010 20 2000 like t- any anywhere between 2005 and 2010 to 2012 maybe around that sort of time that's where like watching england felt like you you know was a bit more around like how you felt around christmas and then you sort of grew up a bit if you know what i mean Oh wait, do you remember yeah, Steve we... McLaren was vilified for wanting to stay dry. Wally in the bolly, yeah. <laughs> the umbrella. I do remember the coverage of Euro 2008 was very um, 
like Byron with the Champions League and Europa League thing, where every pundit would be like, you know what, it's actually not, it's actually nice not to be involved in this competition. We can just watch <laughs> it as a neutral, just trying to convince ourselves that you know what, it's, we're really enjoying this European Championships. I might have that for both these next year. Do you, do you remember the um, the qualifier for two thousand and eight? Do you remember watching that? That one with Paul Robinson, the bobble in the pitch. Yeah. Like oh, the ball just spooned over his foot against Croatia. I remember yeah. actually being in Germany on a school trip. <laughs> that was horrible. Liverpool have reversed their decision to furlough their staff. See, the I've peer pressure this. got to him. They, right, they did it at the start of the pod. I saw it flash up and I thought, oh, I don't, I don't really want to look into it. <laughs> See, everyone's praised them and said, well done, Liverpool, you're doing the right thing. It's like, no, you're not. We know what you wanted to do, but... Yeah, it doesn't really... Uh, doesn't... Yeah, you, you've now had... I was saying to someone... You're backing out of it. It's... I was saying to someone yesterday that they're probably going to reverse it, but it really doesn't matter now because the damage is kind of done. So Yeah, exactly. It, it's better that they do obviously reverse it, but it's like I said, from a PR point of view, you've already done it, haven't you? It's the kind well, of... Yeah, you kind of made your bed, didn't you, with that one? Yeah. And it was bad when I saw Piers Morgan say, did Jurgen Klopp sign off on this? <laughs> yeah, not quite sure how he thinks the decision process goes. <laughs> <laughs> Klopp going, you know what? We will furlough him. Yeah. <laughs> now that is a level of football manager you don't get to. <laughs> Just because Son's going to do his a uh, military service. Military now. service. Yeah. How long has he got to do that for? Four weeks. Um, it'd be a shame if any combat was to occur. That's making work experience. That's a joke. They'll cry as well out of it. <laughs> All right, it I forgot up, this. Oh, I forgot this before. So, final thing. The biggest ever I was there moment you've had at a sporting event. Jack, kick us off. So, for me, I don't think it gets much bigger than seeing a team win the Premier League. And basically, my mate had sold me the idea. was like, I've got tickets for Chelsea West Brom. 2018. I'm like, no, you haven't. I just could not believe the gold of these tickets. Anyways, some West Brom fan had sold in these tickets and said they were in a neutral section, which was right by the away fans. And I was like, they don't have a neutral section at the Hawthorns. I know they don't. He's like, no, they do. They definitely do. It's like, no, Fulham's literally the only one that I can think of that has a neutral section right by the away fans. Anyway, we get there and we're behind the dugouts in like the heart of the West Brom end. Like, <laughs> Right at the front as well. Like we were the first seats on the floor. Literally, the subs were in touching distance. Anyway, as the game goes on, it's quite a jury West Brom, Brom typical game. Pressure was on. It got to like the 80th minute, and I was like, it's just not going to happen. I've got these tickets, I'm not going to see it. And then, obviously, up crops, up crops Batshuayi in the 82nd minute with a goal. And I go absolutely wild completely forgetting where I was <laughs> and I was with my one other mate as well and we were just jumping around hugging screaming going mental and then we had that kind of realization moment where we, the consciousness goes back into your body and you realize where you are and like the dawning comprehension on all of the West Brom fans around us and then we just get pelters people screaming at us <laughs> abuse the lot next thing I know I kind of like done the old sit back down on the seat and pretend it never happens kind of thing next thing I know I've got this hand on like the scruff of my neck dragging me backwards turn around and it's the gang of stewards 
and they're going absolutely mad at me. You know, we're getting like screamed at by all these West Brom fans, and I just gave it the two fingers, oh, shouting, "We've just won the league, you pricks!" In front of a stand full of kids, so it wasn't my finest. <laughs> um, getting dragged backwards down into the concourse and ejected from the crowd. They asked for my uh, ticket, and they like grabbed it off me. Anyway, we get ejected, and we thought, "Fuck, what do we do now?" And then all the West Brom like thugs fucking piled out of the stadium trying to find all the Chelsea because there was tons of Chelsea fans in the home end and they had just been ejected. So I've done the one thing that I thought just isn't... You know when you see on the movies when you've got a spy with a newspaper and just puts it above his face and hopes it all goes away? (laughs) I did this with my (laughs) programme. I literally stood there minding my own business with this programme in front of my face as all these fucking hooligans just run straight past us screaming where are they where are they um so yeah we kind of mill about the stadium until all the Chelsea fans come out and when it got steaming but yeah that was probably the best I was there moment seeing my team win the Premier League Alex what have you got does anybody is like I I, so does anybody (laughs) remember the uh, do you remember when uh, uh, Soccer AM the take a bow son. Mm. Right. So uh, me and the brother went to go and watch one of the uh, Community Shield matches, uh, Man United v Chelsea. And uh, does anybody remember? Uh, Ferguson was still uh, manager at the time and it pretty much turned into a match where you put out the kids and like the sub rotation was ridiculous. I remember Tingy Strider performed at the uh, halftime show. So you're going to say you got a game then? So they really were rotating. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody remember the uh, the goal of where he uh, the you're not young United lad and I cannot remember whose name it was kicked the ball into his own fate. Like it was one that was Hernandez because I was actually at that game as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kicked this was... ball into he kicked the ball into his face and then it yeah. went into the back of the net and he was he was uh, it was in an open goal and then the following day uh, the following weekend was the take a bow son was the <laughs> that was that shot that was brilliant. I, yeah, I remember that. You were there for the FA Cup semi, Alex, with uh, Matic's goal. <laughs> uh, y- yeah, the only iconic moment of that match was the Tottenham, the the female Tottenham fan stood up for the entire team, Chelsea team, pronounce uh, like announcement, stood up for the entire fifteen minutes, just going wanker with her hand for the entire fifteen minutes, all the way through every single Chelsea player being announced. She sounds like she's just... got solid tackets. She's got, she's got a number. It's just like literally, I watched her for a few minutes and then nudged Sean, and I was like, Sean, she's she she's committing, she's going, she's going for the entire team. Pronounce it like the entire team announcement, and not not just the player announcement, but whoever you had calling out for you that day, all of his little dialogue as well, that sort of stuff. He's fully committed to it. So he basically wanked off the entire Chelsea team. <laughs> 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 Chico, what have you got? We might be similar here. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I did think I've seen a Mario Balotelli goal at Anfield. That was a bit of a collector's item. <laughs> and I think Lovren got an extra time winner that day as well. So it really was a weird one. But um, something boxing related, either you've got, we were obviously there to see AJ crowned heavyweight champion. We were there to see uh, him against Klitschko, which does seem like one of those fights is going to be one of those for the ages. Um, 
as much as we didn't like the result, I felt like um, Frotch and Groves was a bit of a landmark moment. I thought potentially that was one of those say you were there ones as well. Yeah, just want to blot that one out. It's just obviously the first time I did Wembley in however long, and it's kind of kick-started something now. I think, and for Joshua to do it, he's a bit of a he's a brand, isn't he? He's a one-off, a bit of a phenomenon. But for two blokes who basically really just fucking hate each other to start the place out was pretty cool. Yeah, I would probably be the same. Either that or uh, the North London derby, the game of the year. I think we awarded it two years ago and uh, we didn't award anything you just awarded that in your own mind it was the same day Sherwood got personality of the year no yeah you wasted everybody's time with that award but there you go that would probably be the one actually Alex when I phoned him after the game complained that Sun had started so you can see how these uh, Spurs fans change very quickly I I stand by that call I stand by that call we tried telling him about Sun and he wouldn't listen for ages. For ages. Ah, yeah. Hey, hey, Sun was the best player on that pitch for us that day, but it was a it was a choice of we had enough control at the start of the game. Um, you were one nil down within two minutes. No, we had enough control through the start. What, no, no. You were one nil down within what, two minutes. What was the score at half time, Luke? What was the score at half time? At half time, it was 2-1, but you said at the start of the game. No, 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 no. There you go. There we go. We had enough control in the first half to gain the lead. And then it, all we needed was that momentum swing to add a bit of threat to your defence in the second half. Some was burnt out by 70 minutes. He had nothing left oh, in the legs. Honestly, if don't he, know what game you watched. If we had him coming back your back line in the last, like, at the pace that he came at you in the first half with, in the last 30 minutes, it would have been a different game. You must have been too busy that day to have watched the game. Nah, jog on. Left your team and still constantly busy. Anyway, thanks again for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. If you don't tweet us this week, we'll assume that you agree Alex's hair is blonde. I'll be back a couple you gonna, of times later you, this you, week. Are you going to post a fair photo? I've seen the photo and you are blonde. And as I was saying, I'll be recording a couple more episodes this week, so don't be alarmed if you do see a couple more episodes pop up on your feed. And we'll be back next week. Thank you very much. Ciao.